Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to Carriker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin in for Randy Carriker today. And let's head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and talk a little football with Sam Monson, a pro football focus. He's their lead NFL analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Sam, good morning. Thanks for taking some time to join us today. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? We're doing well. We're doing well. Well, let's start out with this. We got some news yesterday coming out of Denver. Von Miller, who we know is such a a huge part of what the Broncos are doing. He's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He has an ankle injury. He's expected to have season-ending surgery. As you wrote at Pro Football Focus yesterday, is this going to be too much for Denver to overcome? Yeah, I think this is a huge blow to that defense. Obviously, Anytime you lose a player just as good as Von Miller is, it's it's devastating to any defense. Um, it would be a huge problem. He has been, I think, the best edge rusher of his generation of the past decade. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's the prototype speed rusher in, in today's NFL. And he's had like eight straight seasons of just phenomenal play before last season where he took a bit of a step back but was still pretty good. Um, and more to the point, Denver don't have anybody anywhere near that kind of caliber to replace him. Obviously, the name they'll be looking to is Bradley Chubb, their their former top five pick from a couple of years ago. But Chubb isn't 100% yet coming back from ACL uh, surgery. Um, And even if he was, he hasn't really shown the ability to get near where Von Miller is. I know he had the 13-sack rookie season, which looked great on paper, but his PFF grade wasn't as good as those 13 sacks would suggest. You know, not all sacks, not all pressures are created equal. You can win fast, you can beat a couple of blockers, or you can take four seconds and get a kind of cleanup pressure. Statistically, they're the same, but they'll get very different PFF grades. So Bradley Chubb hasn't really shown that he can step up and be that guy yet, and nobody behind them on the depth chart, on the depth chart has either. So I think it's a huge blow to Denver, and in particular, this scheme relies on getting pressure with the front four. And at the moment, it's tough to say that they're going to be able to do that. Sam, teams have not traveled yet. They'll start on Thursday. How has the testing gone, number one, and how will the testing work once the teams start to travel? Yeah, well, so far, the the testing and all the protocols that the NFL has put into place have been exceptionally smooth, and they've been very good in terms of there haven't been that many positive tests. You know, the NFL hasn't had a bubble-style system the way the NBA did. They've essentially created these, these mini-bubbles at, uh, at every team in order to get into the, the training facility, in order to get into the practice areas. And they've been working well. I, we didn't see a massive amount of positive tests in the initial influx of testing. And then since then, we've seen an incredibly low amount of 
of new positive tests would suggest that you know the the players are taking this seriously that by and large players are not putting the entire operation at risk by being you know irresponsible or by not taking this seriously and being reckless with how they go back their day-to-day lives they're they're treating it seriously they're they're maintaining uh, enough precautions so that there aren't that many positive tests being flagged and so far, it looks like this is this has been going well. As we watch games starting tomorrow and and over the weekend, what can fans expect as they turn on their televisions and watch crowds uh, across the country? Everybody is different, um, and as we move forward throughout the season, what are you hearing about the expectations of crowds throughout the season? Well, as you say, it's, it's different in every team. Most places are starting without crowds. There's some that are, are starting with limited capacity. Um, and I think ultimately they're going to push it as far as they can get away with. You know, the crowds and the game day revenue is the primary source of um, non-shared revenue that these NFL teams have. So the more fans they can get into the stands, the better from their perspective. So I think you're going to see you know, NFL teams as much as possible pushing the boundaries as far as they're allowed in terms of, you know, whatever the local restrictions are on a statewide level to try and get people into the stands because that's where they make their money. Lead NFL analyst from Pro Football Focus, Sam Monson, here with us on 101 ESPN. And kind of piggybacking off that, Sam, what are going to be some challenges that teams are facing without having any preseason football as sort of a, a guidepost for them? If they don't have tape to watch, how how are they going to, uh, or excuse me, how is that going to affect them? Yeah, it'll, it'll make uh, game planning interesting because you don't have uh, the bank of preseason games to watch. I think the biggest way that it's affected teams we've already seen is that it was cut-down day. It was, you know, undrafted players, young guys that typically get to show well in camp and in preseason. They didn't really get that much of an opportunity. In particular, other teams didn't know anything about them. So you may have had a guy lighting up training camp for one team for four straight weeks. Usually that would be pretty public knowledge, but with the limited preseason and training camps, teams haven't really known about that. So they haven't been able to um, scout those guys and, and sort of get a jump in terms of claiming them when they get cut off active rosters. So I think cut down day this year was relatively tame. We didn't see this huge flurry of roster claims being made, waiver claims being made the next day, and teams essentially poaching other teams' uh, training camp superstars. So I think that's kind of the biggest way that it'll that it's already affected teams. The other way I think we might see an impact is. I think defenses will be a little bit slow out of the gate in terms of their level of play. Um, you know, if, if, if not everybody is on the same page on offense, it doesn't necessarily matter. If the quarterback and the wide receiver are, are on the same page, it can be a big touchdown, big play. But if one guy is in the wrong place on defense and blows his run fit, that can be a big play on the, on the ground. If one guy doesn't get the message in the secondary to, for the adjustment and coverage, that can be a complete breakdown and a walk-in touchdown for the offense. So I think we might see a lot of a lot of points put up, um, but a lot of it because of some blown plays on defense and some sloppy uh, defending until they get up to speed. Sam, let's talk a little bit about quarterbacks. We know the Texans gave Deshaun Watson that $156 million extension, but how does that affect Dak Prescott's future in Dallas? Yeah, I mean, every contract that gets signed from a quarterback only puts Dak Prescott's asking price up. Um, and I think, honestly, his performance this season is probably going to put it up as well. The Dallas Cowboys this year are in 
a great position to have a really good offense. I think Dak Prescott could look like a top five player, could look like an MVP candidate. So the longer the Dallas waits, I think ultimately the price is not going to be going down. It's it's only going to be going up. And the only question that remains is, do the Cowboys have a firm line in the sand beyond which they are not going to go to pay Dak Prescott? Because you can definitely construct the argument that that makes sense. We've seen Prescott essentially be a product of his environment a lot more than some other quarterbacks. He's a good player, but he needs a great supporting cast to be a great player. And we don't know if Dallas are going to be capable of putting that around him if they hand him that monster kind of contract. So, yeah, I think from Dak Prescott's camp, every one of these contracts that get signed, the longer this goes, the better it is for their, for them in terms of leverage. But, you know, Dallas just needs to decide if they're willing to go as far as he wants. And, Sam, we saw the Bears assign Mitchell Trubisky their starting quarterback role. Do you think that was the right move for them? No. Um, <laughs> it's tough to buy into anything we, from Trubisky at this point. There's too much tape of him just not being able to play at this level. Um, and, look, PFF, like Trubisky coming out, we, we had him as, I think, our number one quarterback that season, ahead of the likes of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes as prospects. But it just hasn't worked out. We were... You know, put, we were among the first saying that this guy's not playing at that kind of level at the NFL or in the NFL. And last season, he went backwards. He, he got worse, not better. So Nick Foles, I don't know that he would have been the answer either, but at least you, we've seen some high-end play from Nick Foles as well. We've seen him go on a run and take a team to the Super Bowl. I, I don't think you can even project in the most optimistic of scenarios Trubisky being capable of that at this point. So it feels like just burying your head in the sand and hoping something that, that materializes that there's no evidence to suggest it will. What about our Mizzou guy, Drew Locke? What kind of year could he have? Yeah, it's tough. We we, we wrote our quarterback rankings of all sort of 32 um, to quarterbacks heading into this season, and I, I just couldn't work out a way to rank Drew Locke anywhere other than the bottom. Um, he wasn't the sort of prospect that some of these other guys with low sample sizes were when he came out. You know, he, he didn't have the kind of season we saw from Joe Burrow at LSU, for example. And he didn't play enough last season to sort of this, to change perception that much. He flashed. He wasn't dominant, um, but there was good and bad. So I love what the Broncos have done. I, I, they surrounded him with a great supporting cast in terms of receiving weapons and offensive weapons generally. Um, and I, I do like his skill set. I think he's got the arm. He's got some moxie. He's got the ability, I think, to, to be a lot better than that. We just haven't seen it yet. So I think this is going to be a fun season for him to watch how he develops and, and see if he can take that giant leap forward and get himself into the middle of a pack somewhere. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Sam, for taking the time out to chat with us. He is the lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus, Sam Monson. Be sure to follow him at PFF underscore Sam on Twitter and check out his great work at PFF.com. Sam, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Take it easy. And coming up next here on Carriker and Smallman, we have an edition of The Fight where our challenger is going to be able to take on Danny Mac. That's coming up next here on 101 ESPN. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.